0: Boys and girls, ages 3 to 6. I believe there's somebody waiting for you in the back. And now we'll turn the rest of the morning over to you, Howard and Kathy.
1: Good morning. Always a privilege and joy to be able to come and share with you. I wish we had some pictures to show while I was talking, but um, we haven't had time to put all those together yet from the summer. We're still waiting on some from our day camp ministry and so on. But one of the things that I love doing at Turtle Mountain is taking people that are coming to visit on tours around the camp. And the reason for that is because I love to share the God stories and the so many answers to prayer that we have evidenced uh, over the years. And this summer um, was another summer of preparing, planning, and adjusting, and then repeating that process over and over again as uh, things kept changing with regulations. But we did have the joy this summer of seeing our new facility operational, and that was a thrill. It just brought life back to see people on site again. And... um, Yeah, still, every time I walk into that new building, I want to cry. I am so humbled at what God has done and the provision that he has made, um, not only for now but for future ministry. And so uh, just another evidence of answered prayers and his faithfulness. Uh, We were encouraged this year not to just have uh, the half-day camps. We went a full day in the areas. We felt that that was more important to build relationships and have more time to listen and to work with the children And so that went very well. Then we did the evening uh, Ignite youth programs, and then we also had the family camping on site, and we had some rental groups in between. So it's been a very, very busy summer for us, but uh, like Danny said, lots of seeds planted in many hearts, and so we're very grateful. It was great to have two uh, day camps in Killarney and being able to bus some of the children from Boisevain because they kind of missed out because of earlier regulations. And so it was wonderful to be able to have ministry to them as well. Um, Another real highlight for us was having uh, different baptismal services. I think we had five this summer out of camp. And just seeing young people and adults just uh, desiring to take that stand and um, next step in their faith and just wanting to declare to the world that they belong to Jesus Christ and we're not ashamed of him. And it was neat to see one of our staff members being baptized as well. Uh, at the staff wind-up, uh, that's the one thing I do miss is our, our share times at the end of each week and hearing because so often as the campers share, you hear so many things that you were so unaware of. And uh, that happened actually with our staff wind-up as well. And just hearing how God had worked not only in the lives of campers, but in the lives of our summer missionary team. Randall has been with us for nine summers helping men on maintenance. One time he went into a cabin for us because we were really desperate. He had a good week, but that wasn't his thing. But um, it was really neat to see him stepping out of his comfort zone because we were short-staffed for our summer day camps. And he said he felt like he was a widow giving that little mite, you know, and it was so little, and what difference did it make? And yet God used him in a wonderful way in the day camp ministry and taught him so much. And so it was neat to see him and Peter stepping out of their comfort zone of maintenance and uh, just having a ministry with children and just loving it. And uh, they had lots of fun stories to share each week when they would come back. Then there was Erica, um, who is just a fairly new believer. Uh, Stephanie, our equestrian director, had led her to faith just a year or two ago. And I guess uh, after Stephanie left to come to Turtle Mountain, she was in a very, very dark place. And we had no idea of this when she came to camp, but uh, she did not want to live anymore. And she said, within days of being at camp, she said, I realized that I was actually genuinely smiling. I wasn't trying to put on a front to everybody to think that everything was okay. And she said the joy of her salvation was renewed, and she just, um, she just beamed and had such a wonderful time. And so she's hoping to come back and serve with us next summer. So that was just really neat to see. There are so many God hugs. Like I say, we have a new equestrian director, Daniel Zylstra's sister Stephanie from Alberta, has come to join our team. And uh, so she is um, going to be moving into the little farmhouse there at the end of the 450, just as you turn up to come into camp and she is just uh, a very outgoing young lady loves the lord has a real heart and passion to do a discipleship program actually with her wranglers in the summer times and uh she is presently teaching horseback riding lessons and getting people on site that maybe have never been to camp before and kind of watching for some of those keeners that she can maybe have come back as future wranglers and be building into their lives and so we're grateful for that uh we're grateful that the camp board has uh given approval to move ahead with closing in the barn so that she can uh, teach riding lessons throughout the year because this will be one of the means that she will be able to hopefully raise some of her support um, as a missionary. And she's a farrier, so if you know anybody that needs farrier work, she can also do that as part of her missionary support raising. And so it's neat how God is providing in that way. Um, we've also made the decision to bring on Menno Barch full-time. He's been with us for nine years and he's always had to work off-site and there's just so much to do at the camp And so pray for his support needs, but uh, the board, by faith, has stepped out to say that he will be able to stay with us year-round, and so we're thrilled about that. God has provided five new board members. I think when we were here last year, we were kind of panicking, thinking, okay, most of our board is stepping down, their terms are finished, and what's going to happen? And it's been neat with these board members that many of them were former campers or on staff, um, or else are the parents of campers, and so that's been really exciting to see. And then we had the unexpected uh, joy of having the mun- municipality offer to do the road closure just for the cost of the surveying and um, legal fees. And so that was something we had approached them about years ago. It was going to be $70,000, $80,000 and totally impossible. And so that will give us the use of all that land out there that we could never put anything on before. Um, so anyway, we're just grateful for just how God has done so many things that were just not even anticipated. Uh we had to put Menos House uh, renovations on hold until September because none of the materials were available right away. Everything was backed up and God brought in some sewers, some volunteers with RVs and so they have been busy this last two weeks and completely um, put new windows, doors, insulation and the siding is just about finished like one little porch area to go. So we are just grateful to finally have that done. That has been put on hold again all the time that we were doing our new facility And so they will have a much warmer winter now, so we're grateful. God gave us an incredible missionary team and their patience and their love and just seeing the growth in them year by year is always such an encouragement. And again, how God provided for every need um, for staff-wise when sometimes we didn't have a nurse or we didn't have what we needed. And God always provided. We had two of the colonies, Tri-Leaf and Maple Grove, come to help again in kitchen, and their meals were awesome. And I just enjoyed that so much. We're grateful, again, something we don't take for granted is God's health and um, safety all summer long. There was no issues whatsoever, and uh, we're just very grateful for that. Um, Thankful for our family camp. I can't remember which ones of you were there, maybe. Um, We had a big power outage. I think that was, anyway, one of the Greening families I think were there. But it was just a a vivid display here of, um, of not only the power of God, but, you know, we sang that song, I Need Thee. And to me, it was a beautiful picture because every time we went to do something, there was no power to do it. I can't do the dishes. We can't photocopy this. Our computers are dead. Everything was dead. And, uh, you know, and it just reminded us of how much we need God and how much we need to be plugged into him. And um, so it was a living illustration that we had there, and we kind of made it a bit of an adventure, and everybody fared very well. They all stayed, and we finally did get our power on after eight hours. But um, it, was, it was a fun memory-making time. <laughs> um, again, we just are so grateful for your partnership, your prayers, thankful for what God has done, for the lives that have been touched and those seeds that have been planted that he will continue to work in. And I want to sing a song for you. I love singing when I'm by myself, and unfortunately I'm not by myself this time, so you'll have to just endure, but... Like I say, it's very humbling when I stand in that building, when I stand on the grounds at Turtle Mountain, um, because we always pray, and even when we had our joy camp in September, our prayer was that people would come and sense the presence of God, and um, it was so neat to see and hear from so many as they were leaving camp and saying, we just sense God's presence here in such a real way, and it was wonderful to have those dear seniors there, to hear all those old hymns singing again, to see them so many of them participating on the zip line, and then asking if they could go horseback riding and kayaking and it was i think they were just so thrilled to be together and there was just so much joy i hated to say goodbye but um we have so much to be thankful for and it all starts with how our view is of god and our focus on him and i trust that as you listen to the words of this kind of medley of courses that you will um just be reminded of who he is In the
2: presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace. Troubles vanish, hearts are mended. IN THE PRESENCE OF THE KING YOU ARE BEAUTIFUL BEYOND DESCRIPTION TOO MARVELOUS FOR WORDS TOO WONDERFUL FOR COMPREHENSION like nothing ever seen or heard who can grasp your infinite wisdom and who can fathom the depths of your love you are beautiful beyond description majesty enthroned above and i stand i stand in awe of you i stand i stand in awe of you holy god to whom i'll pray stand in awe of you. Your grace still amazes me. Your love still a mystery. Each day I fall on my knees. Your grace still amazes me your love still amazes me isn't he beautiful beautiful isn't he Prince of Peace, Son of God, isn't he, isn't he wonderful, wonderful, isn't he? Counselor, almighty God, isn't he, isn't he, isn't he?
0: Some of them are old, older choruses that sometimes you don't even hear much anymore. And yet, uh, sometimes when you put them together like that, it just creates a, a spirit in which we can worship God. Well, as Kathy said, it's good to be out and about, and uh, good to be here. This summer has been actually interesting for me, because I think uh, I, I don't normally get out to churches during the, the summertime. But uh, I've been able to speak, I think this is my fifth time since the beginning of June, and, uh, and out and around to, to different churches, and uh, that's uh, always exciting to be able to do that. And so we thank you for the privilege to be here, and it's always good to get here in Killarney and see you old friends that... Uh, uh, we can connect with and uh, some of you have enjoyed camp this summer and we appreciate that whether it's seniors camp like Ruben, and uh, or Danny was a speaker at family camp uh, Jamie was here and whatever and hopefully many of you were involved in day camp as well. But I've been asked to uh, speak, and so uh, Kathy already shared camp stories, so uh, I'll leave that to her, and we'll move right into the message. Uh, Reuben has read for us Philippians uh, chapter 4, 1 to 9, and uh, I'm not looking at the first part. I want to start at verse 4. This is the final chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians. And uh, he has uh, mentioned many times in this book the word joy or a derivative of it, joy, rejoicing, uh, rejoice, uh, that sort of thing. In fact, I believe if I've counted correctly, there's about 16 different occasions where that word or a derivative of it in four chapters. I think Paul was joyful for these people and he was encouraging them to be joyful as well but before he gets into verse 4 he he really encourages unity in the body of Christ for some reason we don't know why uh, there was two women in the church that just weren't quite on the same page and uh, Paul encourages them to agree with each other. And then he encourages the church to come alongside of them and encourage them in that way. The whole idea is, let's be unified in the body of Christ. That's verses two and three. And then he gets into what I called exhortations to live by, the title in your bulletin. Exhortations that Paul is sharing with the believers in Phil. Philippi, that I believe are <laughs> very vital and very timely for us uh, here in 2021. And the very first one is in verse four. Simple word, rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and in case you haven't heard it, Paul says, I say it again, rejoice. One of the things that Paul says here, we are to rejoice always. I was sharing this in... On August 8th, and I'm not sure how many of you know the things that happened on August 8th, but it was very close to Kathy and my heart because Dwayne and Sylvia Gertzen are directors at Rosa River Bible Camp. And on August 8th, their two daughters were killed in an accident on Highway 75. They were on their way to their sister's wedding shower. Mom and dad had gone ahead of them, and uh, they arrived, the girls didn't. So dad decided to go back and see what happened and found them. And yet Paul says here, rejoice always. How can you? How can you rejoice in a situation like that? Because let's look at the object of our rejoicing here. We're not rejoicing in our circumstances. It doesn't say rejoice when things go bad. Rejoice in your circumstances. No. It says what? Rejoice in the Lord always. Doesn't mean that times are going to be uh, easy. Jesus never promised that. Well, even the scripture reading this morning where it says, You will have trouble in this world. But rejoice, I have overcome the world. And so we can rejoice in the Lord always. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Or in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, he says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. That sounds like a very pleasant society, doesn't it? (laughs) Then he says this, rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we are to rejoice always. It's not in our circumstances, not in the worldly pleasures, not in the riches or the fame or anything else, but we can rejoice in the Lord always. That's the first exhortation. The second one is verse 5. Now often when you read this passage we know the verse, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We sometimes teach it to our Sunday school kids because it's an easy one to memorize. And then, then we jump to verse 6, do not be anxious about anything but pray. And then we go to verse 7 uh, or verse 8, finally, brothers, whatsoever is true. But we skip sometimes verse 5. And I believe it's something that is... Sadly lacking in the Christian realm, in the Christian's life. Verse 5: Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. The second exhortation is that we are to display gentleness. What is gentleness? One commentator said it's the power of yielding, the power of yielding. It's the opposite of stubbornness and thoughtlessness. How many of you know somebody that is stubborn? (laughs) Don't raise your hands because it Maybe the person sitting beside you, you know, you may be thinking of, I don't know. Uh, I've been known to be stubborn, and I see people turning around, looking at people, oh, don't do that, don't do that, that's not good. Uh, Okay, stubbornness, okay? Uh, I've got a daughter that I would say would be stubborn, although... I prefer the term steadfastness with her, (laughs) okay? It's more the biblical term, right? Steadfastness, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Um, And and there's something good about being steadfast and unmovable, but it's not too good to be stubborn. Stubborn says, I want my way, and it's my way or the highway sort of thing, and do it this way and, And when you're stubborn. But when you're gentle... You give that up. You're gentle. You, you yield your, the power. You yield your power to the, the people around you so that they can feel empowered and enriched. So gentleness is that power of yielding. It, it's that which enables a person to bear injuries with patience. To not demand all that is rightfully his for the sake of peace. And Paul says here that our gentleness is to be evident to all. To be evident is to be made known or, or, or to be perceived, to be on display. How's your gentleness? When things are getting tough, when life is tough, are you gentle? Or is that when things go flying through the air? (laughs) And I'm not talking necessarily objects, maybe maybe words. Right? A gentle spirit. Have you ever known anybody with a gentle spirit? A true gentle spirit. They're the people that you, you almost crave to want to be around, isn't it? That, that person with that, that gentleness. I remember Shirley Stewart, uh, a mentor of mine. She's since passed away, but uh, she she actually taught me Bible when I was in grade three. A very gentle spirit, very steadfast as well. Uh, she was very pointed and... Uh, and so on, but she had this gentleness about her. It wasn't anything about her. It was all about what can we do together or what can I do to help you improve? That, that gentleness, she, she yielded herself for the pur- purpose of embettering somebody else. And you just loved being around her. Do people love being around you? because of your gentleness and it's to be evident to all not just to those that you get along with <laughs> not just to you know your co-workers because, but when you're walking down the street there should be an air about you that boy that's a gentle person people should be able to perceive that you are gentle After all, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, you'll recognize it, the fruit of the Spirit. What are they? It's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. What's the next one? Gentleness. It's right there in the fruit of the Spirit. And every believer, if we have the Spirit of God within us, We have the ability to exercise the fruit of the Spirit. So gentleness should be part of our life. And Paul tells the Philippians, that's how you ought to live. So you're supposed to rejoice always, be gentle to all. And the third one is verse verse 6, don't be anxious. Wow, you have to say that. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it. God's word is saying it, okay? Don't be anxious. Rather, pray. Pray about everything. That's what it says. Don't be anxious about anything, but rather pray about everything. There shouldn't be anything that we're anxious about. If we're totally trusting in God. Being anxious is, the definition is, being pulled in many different directions. In other words, I haven't got a clue which way to go, and I'm torn between this and that, and I just can't make up my mind, and frustration builds up, and you just get pulled about, pulled apart, sorry. And again, Jesus Says in again the Sermon on the Mount, Mount in Matthew six, so don't worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And boy, we can all say that, right? Every day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus said it. But he also said, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Rather, pray. Pray about everything. And Paul, Paul says this many times. In Ephesians chapter 6, he says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert always keep on praying for all the lord's people three times he says keep praying just as danny shared his prayer list and they pray nightly keep praying god answers prayer but we are also up to pray with thanksgiving and we could spend a lot of time on, on just, just on this exhortation of not being anxious but rather praying. And we won't spend too much more time on it. But just remember, don't be anxious. When you seem to be getting that way, flip it over. The other side of the coin is pray. Pray about it. And watch God work. One of the results of this prayer is this and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will be with you well it's not just will be with you it will guard your hearts and your minds that word guard is the same uh that is found in first uh, peter chapter one verse four where he's talking about um, Uh, The inheritance that we have and it says and it's into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. That word kept is the same thing as guard here and what it means is it's a garrison like a fortress. I've come to understand it uh, the more I study it I've come to understand it more like the, the idea of Uh, where jesus said you know and no one can pluck you out of my father's hand just before that jesus said i you are in me and i am in the father and no one can pluck you out of my father's hand so you know it's it's a fortress (laughs) and that fortress is protected by a garrison in heaven it's a garrison of angels and like who's going to attack a, a fort that is surrounded by God's angels, and we are inside that fort. Talk about protection. God sends his angels to protect the fort, or the fortress, that he has placed us in, and placed our inheritance in. And here, Paul says the peace of God will guard your hearts. It will protect you like a garrison protects a fortress. So why not pray? The final exhortation is verse 8. Finally, brothers, we can add sisters, brethren, believers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Basically, Paul's saying, meditate on virtuous things. Think about and chew on those virtuous things. To meditate is not to go mindless and uh, just think of nothing. No, I, I don't think you can. Have you ever tried that at night? Just when you want to shut your mind off, that's when it clicks in? Yeah, talk to Kathy on that. <laughs> She's had a few nights like that. I have too. And, uh, just re, just re, I had one just recently because I, I had uh, somebody stop into camp, and they uh, were saying, well, it's a really nice building. Where, where's all the accommodation? I said, well, that's the next phase. And they said, well, why don't we... <laughs> Shouldn't have done that because that was about uh, 9.30 at night and I was ready to go to bed. And so guess what I was doing all night? Trying to plan my accommodations. You know? Anyway, uh, But it's funny how your mind works, right? Meditation means to think on something that you already know. So find the truth. So if you're reading God's word and, and, a, and a verse pops out at you, uh, stop. Meditate on it. Allow it to uh, come back to you different times throughout the day, into the evening, and and think about it, meditate on it, work with it, contemplate it, consider its truth, the meaning of it, and and how it re- interacts with your life. That that's what meditate is. Just chew it to death. I guess you call it, you know for lack of a better terminology. Just just. Just chew it. Take all the nourishment you can from it. That's what meditation is. And the book of Psalms is, there are piles of references that we could look at it. But what does Paul say here? What are we to meditate on? If you were to take a look at all of these things truth, noble, uh, right, pure, lovely they all reflect one individual Jesus Christ. He was noble, he was true, he was right, he was virtuous, he was admirable, he was excellent, he's praiseworthy. So really what Paul's saying is, think about Christ. Think about what he has done for you. And all that, finally brothers, think about such things. Meditate on him. It's a picture of Christ. And if we do all these things, verse 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Paul says this, put it into practice. Ouch. Ouch. It's one thing to know I'm supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. It's another thing to really get excited about being gentle to all you know because it's head knowledge Uh, yeah i i agree that i'm not supposed to be anxious for anything and yeah okay yes i will meditate on the lord and and whatever and paul says okay that's great it's all up here now let's see you do it let's put it into practice Let's put it into practice. And he says this right at the very end. When you put it into practice, the God of peace will be with you. When we pray, the peace of God is with us. When we put it into practice, the God of peace is with us. Reuben even started, I think, uh, our service talking about peace and the, and the peace that comes when in, in the midst of trouble. So, those are the exhortations that Paul leaves with the Philippians, and I leave with you. Rejoice always, be, be gentle to all, let it be evident. Don't be anxious, rather pray. And finally, meditate on who Christ is and what he is and what he's done for you. But don't just do it out of head knowledge. Put it into practice on a daily basis. And I will go out on a limb and say that if you start doing that, Clarny will not know what hit it honestly this, this would be living a godly life in the front of everyone in Killarney your family, your friends your work police Paul says put it into practice we are to practice our faith and I encourage you to do that Father God how we thank you for your word we thank you that it is exciting and it is—it's uh, truthful. But in the midst of that, there's so much that we have to put into practice that it becomes difficult. And yet, when you are with us, it should be our desire. So, Father, make it our desire this week to put these things into practice, so that the people around us will take notice that we are different because we belong to you in Jesus' name.